that one, it might be workflow driven and, and, and database driven, right? So they might just be gathering if it's a QA process and they need to be within some range of metallurgy in order for them to have a goal for a product to another step or something. I can see, I can see a little integration there. You're right. The lab function itself is going to be a Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Pronto is not a household name among the ERP options available in the market unless you are from Australia or New Zealand. Also, Australia is a different beast when it comes to meeting the statutory requirements of that country. Australia's economy is heavily influenced by specific industries such as mining. Naturally, the software from Australia will have deep capabilities for those industries. But how capable is Pronto for other industries? How do they approach the market? Where are they going to be the best fit and where would they struggle? These are the questions you'll have if you're evaluating Pronto as the potential option for your next ERP project. In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of Pronto ERP's capabilities. We covered many grounds, including their strengths in mining and retail industries, along with their exclusive focus on the Australian market. Finally, we discussed their mining-specific capabilities, such as having vehicles on the bomb, chemical analysis for metallurgy, and super bills. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution that we review independently. And we always have an expert panel that is willing to share their insights and wisdom. For today, we are going to be discussing a very unique solution called Ronto ERP. They are unique overall from the geography and that matters a lot when it comes to an ERP software. So we will be discussing all of that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros and I am going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta. I'm your host and principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation coming world. And uh, the review, we are all living, and Pronto is always uh, fun. So I am going to move to Phil now for his intro. Hi, everybody. Phil Kerper, Managing Director of Ringling Business Solutions. Uh, we help our clients align their digital strategy with their core business practices. And I've been in the C-suite for several decades and got a lot of ERP background. So looking forward to the conversation tonight, Sam. Careful. Dave, can I move to you for your intro? Sure. Thanks, Sam. Hi, everybody. Great to be here with you. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own an operations consulting business 
working with manufacturing leaders to help them create the systems they need to achieve operational excellence. And I come to you with more than 20 years in uh, manufacturing operations, uh, systemizing businesses, and doing ERP implementations. So excited to be here with you all. Thanks. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. Andy, can I move to you next for your intro? Absolutely. I just first want to mention that Dave is obviously a ventriloquist. Because his mouth wasn't moving. That was really, really, really talented. That's something else. Good for you. Um, <laughs> my, my name is Andy Pratico. I am the grizzled veteran with the Chrome Dome, apparently. I've been involved in ERP software for manufacturers for forever. I've worked all over North America. I've worked with over a thousand manufacturers. And I have written a book and authored a book uh, about how to select ERP software. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me, Sam. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Andy. And if you are in the audience and joining for the first time, we typically cover your questions or comments, so make sure you guys are going to post them. Uh, our panelists are going to be watching them. If you are out of time, then um, please make sure that you receive your answers. On that note, I am going to start with the briefing for this one, and then I'm going to open up the floor for your experiences and the commentary. So from my understanding of what I have seen overall from Pronto's perspective, this software or ERP started in Australia. Um, and Dave, if you are speaking, uh, I don't know, seem to be speaking, but we are not. Dave, you're speaking. muted. Are you? No, I'm having trouble with my tech. Okay, problem. All right, guys, so I'll uh, keep moving, I guess. Um, so, okay, so Pronto started in Australia. And obviously, it has very deep flavor of Australia. And when it comes to the the uh, ERP systems, some of the people, they don't understand how much it matters, the overall, um, the localization piece of country, as well as for the provinces. Uh, it matters a lot overall. And you need to make sure that whichever country that you are going to be implementing as part ERP system, you want to make sure that it is going to be localized and supported for those countries. And some of the countries could be extremely unique. For example, let's say if you go to countries like Mexico or Brazil, um, those countries have very different reporting requirements. They have very different taxation requirements. Uh, and even in case of Australia, they are going to have extremely unique requirement overall from the federal perspective. But they also have, uh, you know, some of the provinces which are going to be extremely unique. Because we saw in, um, in some of the comments where we noticed that users were reporting that, okay, you develop the software in this province, but it doesn't work for my province. So that's how tricky Australian geography is. And overall, from the coverage perspective, I my understanding is that Toronto likes to target, number one, Australia, New Zealand, um, Southeast Asia, you know, just because of the proximity, obviously. Uh, and then they are also trying to penetrate in North America. I have seen a couple. Uh, I am not too sure if this is really designed for North America, but I've definitely seen some implementations here uh, in North America. Now, today morning, I think I got one comment uh, on LinkedIn, and I'll, I'll um, probably open up the floor and ask for your commentary as well. Uh, you know, I heard that they are not as penetrated in New Zealand for 
some reason. So, you know, they were localized only for four countries and they are not even penetrated in New Zealand. But again, this is not the official confirmation. Uh, this is uh, what I'm hearing from a few guys in New Zealand. Uh, and again, I don't know how uh, true that is. So, okay. So now that makes it very, very full software. And obviously, you need to make sure that it is going to be localized and globalized for your country before you incorporate as part of your evaluation. Now, overall, from the positioning perspective, from Pronto is going to be, in my mind, it's a very technical system. The way the system is designed, the way the architecture is, the way it says, uh, overall, it's a very technical system. And, you know, if I were to compare, that's my closest comparison is going to be overall from the tech stack approach strategy technical strategy perspective it's probably going to be next world and i don't know whether you guys remember next world or not that's how they are trying to position themselves they are trying to ride the wave of local code and they are going to say you know what i'm going to provide you technical platform you guys business people figure out you know how to build your logic on top of my technical platform now in my mind that doesn't go very well in the uh, ERP community. So that's my perception overall of Pronto, the way they approach things. The other closer comparison overall from the technical perspective, but they are not as technical, is probably going to be in four. And Microsoft as well, to be honest, okay? Those are uh, two very technical systems. They are not as business focused in the way business systems are designed. So that's probably the comparison. Obviously, in four is going to be far deeper in terms of the business functionality, but the overall approach of the system design and the architecture and the data model is going to be very technical. And sometimes people say that flexible. So that is the term they use when they say that, you know, the system is very flexible. Okay, so what flexible means is it's a very technical system. You can do whatever you want. It's not going to be as controlled from the business perspective. And in my mind, when I say non-technical system business, those are slightly more controlled system. They are not going to be as, and in my mind, it's always going to be SAP, which is the granddaddy. Uh, and that's how ERP systems are supposed to be implemented. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you want the financially controlled uh, organization, but again, that's not for everybody. Um, so overall, from the competition perspective, uh, you know, Pronto is very well penetrated uh, in the retail market. They have a very interesting flavors and they have very deep functionality overall from the discrete perspective also from the process perspective, but the way system is structured, it's really designed for very retail-centric organizations. They also have very, uh, you know, distinct approach of keeping everything inside, meaning not many external consultants are going to be involved in their sales cycle. So you are going to get full suite the way you are going to get it from in 44. Uh, so you are going to get the POS, the e-commerce, uh, you know, sometimes mobile apps, whatever you need from, okay, they'll give you everything. Um, so that's the strategy that they have been taking. So now I think I'll stop there. I don't know if I covered everything, the briefing perspective, uh, but I'll take your comments, guys. So just to bounce off your comment on their go-to-market strategy, um, their partner in the U.S. and Canada is called Pronto Solutions Alliance. Um, they, they are located out of um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, I believe. And so that is that you do not have a network of SIs. You've got basically a company that is aligned with Pronto that is selling all their products and they have an office in Canada and they have an office in the U.S. And that is as best as I can tell your SI choice. And the other thing, Andy, I believe these guys cut their teeth in mining. 
early in their right. development as well, which makes it interesting that they that they are, and I've seen them in retail, that they are, you know, retail and distribution, they they do seem to have good penetration there, even though it it, it began as a as a mining ERP. Did it, huh? it it absolutely did. Um I'm thinking uh I, I worked with it uh ten years ago. No, more than that. I'm not sure. Quite a long time ago, with a company out of Toronto, which might be a reference to the, the Canadian ver, uh, office you're describing, having an office in Minnesota, etc. Uh, but yeah, it was extremely strong for the mining industry, and secondarily targeted wholesale. So it's interesting that you've seen it in the retail environment as well. Kind of kind yeah. of odd bedfellows, but maybe that's that technical backbone that they have and and the ability to to be flexible as as Sam said that that allows them they pick the customer role. They obviously must have had some inroads and and penetrated. So that's a very interesting point, guys, and I'm glad that you guys brought it up because you know when you look at Australia, South Africa, uh, you know New Zealand, they are all about mining industry. Okay, any ERP from that region is going to be very deep uh, from the mining, and that's why you know. Typically, when an ERP starts from a region, it's going to target all the major industries in that area. They are not going to look at, okay, where my product doesn't do well. Typically, they win in mining, then they go to retail because that's my <laughs> largest industry and that's our product typically. And by the way, you are going to be shocked, okay, uh, because they cover some of the industries which are completely unrelated. For example, you are going to find a lot of features which are going to be related to your pharma which are going to be related to your laboratory, okay? But obviously, they are not going to have as deep manufacturing features. They are going to be more towards either, uh, you know, the laboratory distribution. So there are very unique layers to that. Uh, and then they have agricultural functionality. So again, I think it goes back to which region you are serving and what industries are going to be prevalent in that region and that typically drives the product. One other quick point, Sam. I, I they according to their website, they've they've got the um, legacy systems, the on-prem, and that's the one that I I bumped into the other day. And and then they're saying they have hybrid, and then they they're saying they have SaaS solution, cloud solution. I really couldn't get a deep understanding of where they are in the cloud journey. So I'm hoping some of the research that you did maybe can uncover a little bit on where they really add in their cloud. So that's another very interesting point. And they had very limited number of demos available, just like any other silent ERP vendor. Okay, they had at least some screenshots in their documentation. So I could see some screens where they were. So I think they started championing this idea roughly into the scene. That's where they became really passionate about uh, the cloud. Before that, if you actually look at their software, it was really outdated. Okay, so at this point of time, if you look at their screens, it is one of the best. Okay, no questions about it. overall from the user experience. I think the closest, if any other ERP can come overall in the user experience as Pronto is probably going to be your Acumatic. Those two solutions that I have seen that okay, they were uh, overall from the user experience. But watch out, guys. Okay, because the, the cloud experience is going to be for the sales app. It's also going to be for the service app, okay? The other screens, as I look closely, and sometimes I get confused, they don't seem to be as cloud-made, okay? So, you know, somebody needs to challenge me, but the way screens are done, I don't think they're, uh, their code is fully migrated to uh, the cloud yet, okay? It might be like, if you look at the, the, the sales experience, you are going to be wow okay this is crazy this is like you know dessert uh but you know when you look at the the internal financial 
it just it's just not as 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 sexy as I, I would say probably on the business intelligence side of things too they have a, a solution for that so my guess is that that's going to be uh dialed up in terms of you know that that web interface that we see uh and be challenging the other the other comment i was going to make kind of back to what uh you were saying phil um you know and some of that functionality looks like it's been obviously uh, added over time. But this for me was the first uh, solution that we've looked at where it wasn't really clear when you look at kind of case studies and, and use cases of exactly where this solution lands. Uh, so for me, that was that was pretty eye opening. And, and back to what you were saying as well, Sam, where in terms of where they started and kind of the genesis forward and, and seeing all of the different industries that they're touching functionality. Just one quick clarification, guys, there overall in terms of the screen layout and the experience. Sometimes some systems are going to be simply putting the analytic layer and claiming that I have the cloud native. Okay, don't be fooled by that because there are systems like Microsoft GP that are doing that. Okay, there are systems like they might have the analytic layer just to make it pretty. Uh, that's what they will spend, let's say, half an hour or, or an hour or two hours in the demo just showing how cool it is. But then you have the real system that is not going to be as cloud native. But in the case of Pronto, okay, they have their sales operational workflow as cloud native, it's not just the analytics. Piece. So I want to be careful. Okay, any other comments, guys? Otherwise, I'll move to the. All right, guys. So we have some very interesting history here. Um, so here they were saying that Pronto Software is an Australian, obviously. That's what we concluded as well. Enterprise resource planning software vendor, uh, originally trading under the name uh, Prometheus Software. The company was sold to Sausage Software, and I don't know why you would choose that name unless you are selling to Sausage. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, that uh, happened there. I can't believe Andy doesn't have a comment on this. Andy, yeah, you got nothing? Right? Nothing yeah. over there? <laughs> oh, Andy, you're on mute. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, he muted his good comment. Time to make the sausage. Okay, we'll wait for his comment. We'll keep moving. We'll wait for You're on mute, MD. Okay, um, so here, uh, you know, Pronto XI is Pronto Software main product. Okay, it has modules for financials, retail, CRM, supply chain management, warehouse management, manufacturing, and facilities management. Again, I think the layers, the way we are going to see, it's going to have a lot of flavors of what mining is going to require, what retail is going to require, and that's what is probably uh, driving the design of the software. Uh, surprisingly enough, they actually have a lot of customers, to be honest, okay? And they have some of the larger ones. And the reason why they would have these larger customers is because even if, let's say, you are going to be on SAP, sometimes if you are going to have presence in Australia, you have to buy, and if the regulations are going to be so nuanced that, you know, it's just going to be too much to develop on top of SAP. So sometimes what companies do is, you know what, this country is very tricky. Okay, let me keep SAP in my 30 countries and for five countries, I'm going to get five ERP software just to serve those countries because it's just a nightmare to build on top of, you know, something like SAP uh, Oracle. So that's very common and that could be the reason why they would have uh, those countries. Uh, but obviously, if it is going to be a purely Australian company, this is pure gold. No questions about, uh, you know, overall from the from the regulation. Um, now, uh, they seem to have very tight affiliation with IBM. And I did not cover that as part of my briefing. And IBM, I personally find uh, as a very strange company in general. Okay. And I don't know what your experience is, uh, you know, with IBM. But when I look at IBM, this is probably the most confused company, okay? And the reason why I, I call IBM is because they are technically extremely superior, okay? 
but they have not had much of a success overall in terms of their product. Uh, they now are focusing more on the consulting world, but then they have a very strong engineering organization. So I don't know what is happening to their core software and the hardware portfolio. And when you are going to be aligning yourself with a vendor who does not seem to know what they are doing, I'm not too sure about it. Okay. So here they have always had very tight alignment with IBM and their, you know, if you look at their analytics layer, it's built on built on Cognos. Uh, you know, the the database is Informix, and I don't know that would use Informix as of today. Okay, so that's very new experience for me, at least in the in the ERP community. And by the way, if you look at their uh, technical footprint. They also seem to be developing on top of Linux. And again, that's very developer-centric approach. If you talk to a developer, they are very, very, very excited about, okay, I want to develop on Unix, okay? Just because that's cool for their resume and just cool experience as a developer, who cares for business, right? Uh, <laughs> so again, you know, that's why I call these systems as because they are very, very, very well uh, influenced and, 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 and driven by the community, which is great. I mean, we need technology, but again, we are implementing technology business, which is always the most important part in my uh, Okay, um, that's pretty much it on this one. I don't have any other commentary. They have been in the market for some time, but they really sort of rebranded them in 2016. That's where they became really aggressive. I don't know what their strategy is uh, as of today, but they are moving really fast over in terms of the product evolution. Okay, uh, this is super cool. This is sweet. I love it. The UI experience. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I don't think any ERP systems out there can really match. Uh, what these guys are able to do, and again, this is all built on IBM, which is technically very superior overall, that is used in very, very, very strong analytical uh, organizations. For example, let's say if you go to any of the sports academy or the NBA or NFL, they all are going to be on IBM. That's where the power is. But I don't know if your average uh, you know, retail shop needs the IBM firepower. But again, if you have that, that's great, uh, to be honest. Okay. So here, Pronto XI runs on Red Hat, uh, AIX on Solaris, uh, or Microsoft Windows Server 2008. In Unix and Linux deployments, users access the application proprietary client application, which connects to the servers using each telnet. Oh my goodness, too much technical, okay? <laughs> Not for ERP, I guess, uh, unless, uh, again, ERP implementations are de developers, they'll find it exciting. But again, the goal of ERP is to uh, to drive business outcome. That's what I care for in my mind. Um, okay. Uh, now, let's look at this one. I mean, this is the experience that we are talking about. And these are, by the way, the customer portals. Okay. I have never seen as pretty customer portals in my entire life provided by the okay so this is a big deal okay irrespective of which system even if you are talking about hacking their vendor portals and the customer really are okay this seems like as if you are getting an add-on and typically you are going to have really really add-ons that you get on top of your erp system and those are probably going to be as pretty as this this is a real deal guys if they are able to do all of this and this is the customer portal vendor portal and they are provide this out of the box pre-integrated this is a big deal now this is another unique flavor that i did not cover as part of the briefing so they have a lot of hcm capabilities built as part of the erp which is very uncommon across the erp spectrum it's very rare that you are going to find the hcm functionality because for the most part 
once you are going to have 100 employees you need a lot and it just does not make a lot of sense to be honest to cram that in in the erp and the way hr process work they have far deeper compliance issues they have far deeper confidentiality issues and the issues could be you don't want to tell your salary to your colleague okay it's that sensitive and then you are going to have privacy laws so each our systems typically follow very different compliance laws than your financial systems and that's why companies don't like to merge them together but obviously pronto is actually trying to merge them together so again you need to be slightly more careful uh, when you are going to be implementing when you are going to be providing the access and there are significant and substantial penalties if you are going to be failing on your hr system so that's why the hr systems are going to be far more control certified the way they implement the kind of consultants you are going to hire they really need to know uh, erp systems as well but not as much as as it yeah this one was yeah i mean this is different right their philosophy of everything in one package and you just either decide to turn it on or not versus modules cuz hcm typically would be a module in most systems or you might already have a third party module and it's a pain to change it so you're just going to leave that be and try to integrate that which is its own problem but this is interesting that they chose to to try to develop you know some what looks like some pretty good hcm functionality you know on the same erp platform that's really interesting so just to be clear uh phil when you say hcm module inside erp it's very rare to find the real hcm module at least with the mainstream providers the only thing they are going to keep is going to be the data points that they need to be able to enable their scheduling their costing uh, to enable the finances that's what they have they don't have a full blown acm system where they are going to be keeping people salary gender you know those are very sensitive conversations and topics. right 100% i i you said that better than i did it's sitting outside and they're bringing payroll in maybe if they want to if they want to be dealing with payroll by department on the gl or maybe they want to be dealing with other things but they're not bringing in the sensitive stuff 100% agree but so the other this, count, oh, sorry go, go ahead, ahead. Uh, no go ahead uh, andy I was just going to, does this system, I don't remember from when I worked with it a long time ago, does it, uh, it offer Canadian or U.S. payroll, Sam, or you're not sure? So from the go-to-market strategy perspective, my understanding of their go-to-market strategy is they are really penetrated in Australia. And that is probably the reason why they are able to offer HCM as part of ERP, because when you are going to be talking about HCM compliance, even inside the U.S., Fifty states, they all have very different compliance requirements. Okay, there's no way in the hell any ERP can pull that off. So again, I mean, that's why they are very limited. If you are going to be, uh, you know, tight coupling your ECM capability ERP, and that's why, I mean, I typically, whenever we are working in any engagement, we typically like to keep, you know, ECM completely separate because you can get a payroll and the ECM capabilities for cheaper than your ERP, and it's a very different system. So in that case, the integration is not going to be as as thick as your e-commerce system or something like that. So keeping that in a completely different system is probably a better idea than bringing all of that ECM functionality inside your. David, do you have a question? No, I was just going to add to it. I, I think we're going to get to it in a later slide, Sam, that you've got in there in terms of uh, you know some of the the functionality with this. But that's what I kind of took away, and what I think is interesting when. Uh, solution decides to put this functionality kind of in there, uh, but doesn't quite nail it uh, in terms of, you know, the full functionality that you would expect with other solutions as that bolt-on, you know, it's it's 
it's potentially a miss and actually detracts from the overall solution by trying to kind of force fit a, a half-hearted solution, if you will. And uh, like I said, I think we're going to get to that in a later slide, but I, I just find that kind of interesting. I completely agree. And this is where I think the add-on could be could be very powerful. So let's say if you are going to be simply integrating something like Bamboo, uh, you know, it, it's an amazing app, uh, ACM software, and then you can simply bring the GLs and that's a very that any ERP event. So this is where add-ons, uh, you know, should be utilized, uh, you know, and we always keep talking about add-ons. This is where you should be utilizing it. Okay, so let's talk about inventory and the way their screens are structured, uh, you know, it seems very flat, okay? And that's always my concern when I look at the system. And typically the more layered your uh, data architecture be, the more capabilities you're going to have overall from overall from how you, what all business processes and the transaction types that you might. So when I look at this one, it looks pretty, but it's very flat, okay? And that is what we see typically when we are reviewing any sort of uh, ERP system, but they have some very interesting functionalities. For example, Let's say if I look at things like ABC classes, and we know this when we review any sort of retail, that's where we really find the ABC classes. You are not going to find that in the practice. Uh, systems, they just don't like to keep those. Don't worry about the ABC classes retail distribution uh, organizations are going to have. And then you have the shelf life. And shelf life, you are going to find when you are going to have a product that is going to be either pharma, agriculture, so they have that. Uh, but now this could be very frightening for somebody. Let's say if I'm producing widget for manufacturing and I have my shelf life, what am I doing? Uh, so sometimes it could be overwhelming overall if you are trying to uh, accommodate too many different uh, business as part of the same ERP system. Then you have things like storage type, traceability, uh, you know, and you have some very interesting flavors. And these interesting flavors we see in very, very, very small ERP system or e-commerce system that are trying to pretend to be any ERP. Okay, so things like brand, brand description. What is it there? That doesn't make any sense. That's very e-commerce and it should probably go to e-commerce, but since they, again, are trying to act pretty much everything, okay, I'm ACM, I'm ERP, I'm e-commerce, uh, it becomes all over the place, uh, you know. Um, um, some of the things they have, you know, prices, the warehouse, the suppliers, the movements, uh, orders layered as part of the inventory. So, uh, you know, it's going to be far bigger than your uh, smaller ERP system because sometimes they are probably not the pricing layers or the item warehouse. Uh, you know, they might support only one warehouse. So obviously it can uh, support slightly more complex business processes because of those layers. Uh, and then when I look at things like UOM, that is not layered, okay? Now, that's a real red flag for me, to be honest, okay? When your unit of measure is not going to be layered, then, okay, uh, you are probably going to find a lot of challenges. And Phil, I don't know whether you remember this or not, you are part of the e-com series. We have seen the U unit of major layers, even in very small e-commerce systems, because you need that, even if you are a very... Um, so in this particular case, I'm probably not seeing it. It's very flat, the way data relationship. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it, there might be some challenges. Yeah, and, the, and the, the software that's aimed at distribution business models had surprisingly heavy layers of unit of measure, you know, even like you say in the smaller system. So for them to be flat here, that's it's actually surprising. 
Then we have some very interesting functionality. Again, the, the way the reorder policy is done, typically I would like to see that at the item warehouse level, to be honest, even if I am a retail system, uh, if that is going to be flat right at the item level. Sometimes they might have layers at the warehouse level as well. And this could be just the item details. Uh, but I personally like to see that at the item where what uh, it is doing there, unless their data is uh, concerned. Uh, some of the things that I have never seen before, for example, let's say if I have the uh, hard suppression convert, I guess, you know, that's going to be the SKU software that they are trying to provide to make sure that your master data is going to be aligned, which is an eight piece of function. But again, that we typically see in very smaller uh, ERP system. Then you have the laboratory subsystem um, and we have something called index drawing. I've never seen that before. So that's very, very unique. I don't know if you guys have seen. Now, I was curious on that uh laboratory subsystem if that was some sort of a quality module it, or... it is it is it's, it's for testing and, and capturing the tests from the lab laboratory uh in guys uh, metal what do you, how do you say the word metal metallurgy yes <laughs> yes thank you bill uh but that's what it's for but you know the parts the part uh super session conversion i think that's just like a part number alias yeah uh okay so it may not be alias i i want to be careful there my understanding is that that is just to spit the SKU number that you'll be that's mm -hmm. my it's more of a suggestion too so they are providing that as part of erp that's my understanding i could be wrong andy do you think that laboratory subsystem then it goes back to the mining kind of origins of this obviously with that correct got it you know i'm sure it's diversified and to be used in other quality aspects but that's what its dna is yeah, but I mean, these operational systems, when you talk about the real chemical analysis, to be honest, they are better off residing outside of ERP because of the, the, the kind of data it is going to have. And, you know, it's just a very different pool. You don't need to. See. For example, even if you go from one chemical analysis to the next. Uh, so in this case, you mentioned the, the metallurgy, right? So they are going to have very different chemical analysis than your, you know, diagnostic laboratory. If you are looking at that, then that they are going to have very different, you know, analysis. So, you know, how many are you going to accommodate? Then you become more of the analysis, your real ERP software. So you are better off keeping all your operations, you know, outside of the ERP because they have nothing to do with the financial aspect. Yeah, yeah Sam, but on that one, it might be workflow driven and, and, and database driven, right? So they might just be gathering if it's a QA process and they need to be within some range of metallurgy in order for them to have a goal for a product to, to another step or something. I can see I can see a little integration there. You're right. The lab function itself is going to be its own standalone. Exactly. And I think that's what they have. And we have some screenshots of that as well. So if it is going to be embedded as part of your manufacturing process, you are right, Phil, that you need to definitely have that. Yep. Okay. And this is sweet. I absolutely love this one. Okay. I've never seen this before in any ERP. And this is your supply chain type. Okay. And typically, you need to draw this when you are going to an engagement. But this is killer. Uh, you know, this is showing all of your finished goods, wherever they are going, you know, all of your raw materials. I don't know how much drill down you are going to have as part of this one, but this is really sweet. And it shows that the system is designed for the retail distribution. That is not why you would have that. You are not going to have in your mining industry or manufacturing. Okay. And this is the analysis that is coming from tech. I guess, you know, tech is the organization. They are also in the system evaluation space. Uh, and I believe they did few years back. So this is available in the public domain. So we have some comments here, some very interesting. Uh, and uh, they are saying that this means they 
provide a single code application and no integration is required for the most typical business processes. Uh, the customer does not need to purchase and uh, install digital third-party systems. That's what our observations were. Uh, the company offers additional partner applications, mostly for business intelligence using, uh, I don't know what that is, maybe that is MyBM and interfacing with other systems. Pronto hosted services that provide multi-site hosting and manageability with data mirroring and replications. By the way, guys, they are on their own data centers. So they are not hosting on the mainstream provider. So that is also a point noted uh, that you are really, and by the way, I noted that the only place where they have the data center is really in Australia. Okay, so if you are going to be a Canadian company, sometimes there might be uh, <laughs> challenges, you know, because the country does not want uh, to leave their data. You might not have those probably in manufacturing, but let's say if you are in aerospace, uh, you might have those concerns. Um, uh, here they are saying contains a robust and powerful POS for retailers and distributors. Yes, they have POS, they have e-commerce, they have a lot. Uh, okay, can SMS the inventory manager to alert him or her that a particular item is out of stock? Great. Uh, but items should not be out of stock because your meant strategy should work. Why didn't it? <laughs> so this is where the, the whole mindset difference is, uh, you know, in terms of whether you are a technical system or you, uh, but I mean, it's nice to have to. So with standard auditing capability, uh, I, by the way, the auditing is, is, you know, I've never seen, or by the way, this is the technical, okay? This is very, very, very technical perspective. And we have seen this audit even in the case of work. Because developers want to make their life easy. So they want technical audit. But what about those CFOs? <laughs> those are the actual users of, uh, so they need to have audit from their perspective. Um, uh, but this is really great. I mean, I actually like their audit. Um, so here they are saying not as robust as, what is this? Uh, they are talking about the process manufacturing capabilities that they have process manufacturing. From my understanding, I don't think this is really designed for that, even though they might have a little bit of functionality there, some fields, but that is really designed for those distribution companies. There is a difference between process distribution process manufacturing. Pharma distribution is a very different business than pharma manufacturing. This solution might be okay for Australian pharma distributor. It might not be okay for Australian manufacturer. So you need to be careful uh, overall in terms of the business. Uh, that's uh, maybe required for, okay, so they are talking about recipe management. Obviously it does not have that. Uh, it's not designed for that. Um, what else am I looking for? Overall rating for the human resources module was lower due to a relatively weaker employee self-service functionality. By the way, tech, employee self-service functionality is not the only thing that a HR system has or ACM system is supposed to be way deeper. Okay, your average SAP can probably support your employee self-service functionality, but they are not trying to claim that they are ever going to be a system. You need to go to success factors if functionality. This functionality ideally allows employees to view pay stubs and review their maintain. This is great. I mean, see if I can see my pay stub in the employee self-service mode, I'm okay with that in, in having that functionality as part of ERP, but they should not be positioning this as the, that's not the goal of. Um, but, you know, when you it combine your benefits, if you are simply getting the general entry related to benefits, that's a different deal than having your benefits management as part of your ERP. It's just too much work. And this is where they say, uh, you know, company focuses mainly on Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, North American markets. Uh, but again, we have the confirmation from New Zealand that they are not as penetrated. North America, not too sure, but Australia definitely. SSD companies translated into French and Spanish. By the way, they also have problems with language. 
and that is very unique to be honest. I've never seen that before in any uh, language. Should be at least easy to translate, but they are limited there as well. So, um, so pretty this one. Some comments. Not I move on. Okay, Pronto Cloud can even host. <laughs> this is where I'm, I'm confused. Okay, so now you are going to host me as well. So are you happy? Because are you simply selling some consulting services here? So you sound more like well, you are a reseller now. I can do anything. I can also do your laundry cleaning if you require, Andy. <laughs> Okay, centers. Okay, so here we have. Just, just wait, Sam. For the next twenty-five buyers, we'll send a free set of Jinsu knives too. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so this is where I noted that you know they have the Informix as uh, the their RDBMS, and they have the form, which is cool. Yeah, by the way, Sam, you made a comment about Informix earlier. In the 1990s, it was absolutely state of the art. You are talking about 1990 <laughs> or 1919. <laughs> <laughs> There's no quarter for Andy tonight. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Uh, this is where the real sweet spot is, to be honest, the audit log. This is sweet. Okay. It's very technical, but you can still trace uh, overall in terms of who changed what. Um, you know, you are going to look at object and my finance people are going to freak out. What the hell is our object? Uh, <laughs> you know? So, again, that's where the technical perspective comes from. But still, uh, you know, overall from the trace, it could be very handy. Uh, you know, when you look at this kind of form. Now, this is where their multi-company feature is, to be honest, and this is very strange. And this is the similar implementation that we saw in Next World as well. It was a very technical approach of implementing. the. Uh, and here, in, in my mind, it almost feels as if they are keeping or treating this as the dimension. And we have, uh, you know, seen this in, uh, in the documentation as well, where they are saying, you know what, in your GL code, I'm going to have two letters, your company, two letters is your... Um, you know, something else, and that's how they are trying to manage. So it almost seems like they are trying to keep a dimension, but they are trying to sell it as multi-company. But multi-company is overall from the, the finance, if you're looking at the business. So again, the way it came across as if uh, it's a very technical way of implementing company functionality, you might be able to accomplish the outcome that you're looking for. Uh, I'm not too sure about that, but you will not be able to achieve all of those financial synergies uh, if you really want to have that multi-entity implementation that drives you uh, across your Okay, so here they have some more interesting things. And uh, as part of their BOM, and BOM is very interesting as well. By the way, in the case of BOM, you have the material and the routing as completely separate. This is what we saw in case of your Epicor, I remember correctly, and typically those are done in very assembly-centric manufacturing uh, shops there with, where you don't really have the correlation between, or cor correlation is going to be weak, which is a huge drag for me overall from the manufacturing. And then they have vehicle maintenance, and I've never seen, I don't know if you guys can see any value there, uh, why you would have that, probably mining industry requires, uh, because they might have a lot of vehicle in there. That could be the reason, but why does it, why does it need to be part of the bomb? Because your manufacturing process, you know, this could be probably for maybe slightly more continuous manufacturing because the way mining industries work is probably your vehicle is going to be part of it. Not too sure about that. Don't quote me on that, but that I'm probably going to, This that's my observation. Uh, it's the, interesting they mention up to 50 levels of sub-assembly. Uh, as if that's obviously as a marketing uh, page, but guess how many levels are in the, was were in the space shuttle? Six twenty six. Uh -huh. So I guess these guys can make twice as com more complex as a space shuttle. This whole slide reads mining to me. Component yeah. weight I, formula, yeah. right? So one level is one component. 
you know, one, one, one piece of the mix, you know, so it's got zinc, it's got this, it's got iron, it's got this, you know, and then, and then they're probably there for some reason they're, they're, they're using the bomb in order to manage each of those components and checking they got the right mix and they might even be mixing and making another assembly by pulling together these different components, you know, so I, it, it, this slide reads like that type of process to me. I, I agree. And, and the fact that it's got formula in about one third of the definitions certainly leans that way. Yeah. I don't know what wizard option does. They, they got a uh, wizard on staff. Or? I was just going to ask. I thought maybe I was missing something, but I'm glad I'm not the only one. I, I don't think I've ever quite seen that. You got his hat. You got his, his staff. You got Gandalf. You know, lots of levels of a wizard. Phil, Phil is Gandalf. In in fairness, Phil, it does fall under the variable bucket. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you never know which world he's in, David. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> or who's going to show up. <laughs> All right, guys. So we have some other interesting terms here. And I don't know whether you have seen this or not, you know, super bills. Uh, and I don't know, you know, I've never seen that before. I don't know what is a super bill. Uh, maybe this is a superpower that can manufacture whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> and that's a super probably bill is like a planning bill, Sam. A super bill. So is that going to be? I think I think they are referring to the template bill. Uh, well, it's you know, it's, it's, it's 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 reference to the configured items. Exactly. Exactly. Percentage of different items that will be part of the forecast. Exactly. That's my understanding as well. But it's interesting that they are calling it super bill, which probably is right as well because it's really a super bill. <laughs> okay. So uh, same bill from factory to factory as well as version types. So they have a lot of uh, different cool features such as reference designators. Uh, you know that we typically in these smaller manufacturing. You're beautiful for uh, board stuffers. Yeah. Okay. We have. So this is my bomb header, and they have the alternate bomb, which is a sweet, neat functionality there. Then they have the percentage yield, formulation quantity, but again, that's not really tying to your material. Uh, it is really at the bomb header level, so I don't know what's going on here because typically, when I'm looking at the formulation, the formulation is going to be far more complex than your discrete bomb. You know, it has far more variation in terms of the board of scenarios uh, and in terms of the formulas that you can have as part of your recipe bomb. But if you are going to simply dump it on the header level, I don't know what you're trying to, I just don't get it. Exploded bomb is neat. Uh, you know, here they have some very interesting, especially from the scheduling perspective and the, here they have multiple different sequences, the way you can sequence this. And I don't know if this is going to be uh, useful in slightly more continuous manufacturing and mining is going to be, you know, it's not, Similar to your discrete shop, mining is far more complex. In my opinion, the way their operations are, maybe they need that there. The scheduling is good because of the, the kind of mining are going. Then we have the rate-based production, parallel routing. And the only reason why you would be able to do parallel routing, you need to have enough data supported as part of your bomb to be able to do that. And that's why sequence number there. Become, uh, and they have the multiple KVG tooling. That's going to be in your, uh, that's going to be useful in a lot of different companies that are going to be slightly more chemical manufacturing. For example, let's say if you go to glass manufacturing, mold manufacturing, you know, that's where you are going to find all of those features, which is very interesting that they are alternative, uh, you know, routing streams, which is very interesting that they are able to do that as well. Configurator is great. It's a very silly fight. Configurator, obviously they cannot do what N4 can do, uh, but you know, this is Basic poor man's configurator, I guess. Uh, <laughs> a high percentage of companies, this is probably going to work just fine. Then they have very interesting way of doing the work order as well. They have the parent work order, which is definitely useful overall in terms of the scheduling. They have work order priority, which is another level 
then they have the amendment number, which is a very interesting term. <laughs> I don't know if they are talking about the change order. Uh, is that a revision, maybe? Yeah. That's what I took it as. Yeah, that's got to be rev. That's just they must use that in Australia. There are some of the things such as component warehouse, uh, you know, at the work order level, which is uh, route ID and uh, line sequence number. Again, it has very different interesting flavors that could be very unique to certain industries. Uh, but again, that's not. Yeah, and they were building soda there, by the way, and putting it in a bottle. It interesting, interesting. Yeah, in food manufacturing, I, I could see a lot of value there, uh, especially if you're, yeah, and especially if you have both the packaging as well as the soda as part of the same facility, then you probably need a lot more. Okay, so test case functionality. Absolutely love it. Okay, this is going to be extremely tricky to find in a lot of different systems, but they have really nailed it. And probably because of their their mining, uh, you know, that's where you are going to be needing this kind of workflow because you need to go through a lot of tests. Your testers are going to be testing a lot. So they need very easy work for all in terms of the testing, the, the layers of your the test plan, the test case, then the observations you need to capture that you need for. It gets very involved uh, if you get into the real. By the way, they have like super deep WMS. <laughs> okay, So you get everything pretty much whatever you need from the WMS perspective. Um, guys, so they have a lot of things on, including how you are going to be doing your 3D warehouse. Oh my goodness, I mean, you have so much functionality. Uh, but overall, from the localization perspective, they are going to be extremely weak. So if you are an Australian business, again, this is your goal because you are getting a lot, but this is not going to be applicable. So that's pretty much it. I think this is the DRP inquiry, and that's where, and by the way, they have pegging as well. So pegging is a very, uh, uh, you know, you are probably going to find that in SAP, very, very, very large systems. You are not. So again, very deep functionality. So that's it. More perspective. I'm going to open the floor for the commentary and uh, any questions that. Let's go first here. David, let's hear from you first. I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> I, I kind of like I started this from my commentary. I think for me, this was an interesting solution because it wasn't, at least to me, immediately clear exactly where this uh, really lands. I mean, there's a lot of functionality in it, uh, but specific to certain verticals. And, you know, again, I go back to looking at those use cases and it makes it a little challenging to find exactly where this thing lands. You can see some benefits to some of the capabilities, uh, but kind of on the opposite side of that, uh, some challenging areas that would make it difficult to bring in a bolt-on or an add-on to kind of shore up that functionality. So I don't know, this one's this one was interesting for me. Yeah, and if they if they kind of started in mining and then they had soda or they had had other uh, other types of products that required a similar QA, a similar process flow, some similar you know uh, uh, bomb uh, depth and breadth, I can kind of see how that goes. I don't know from what what's out there whether they're really strong enough. Where if you're you know where if you're Coca Cola or a brewery or you're someone actually doing uh, you know, chemical mixing and distribution, for example, it, it looks like they belong there, David, to your point, but I'd have to see more to be sure. And I think the, the it's, it's, they've done a good job in a lot of areas. There is really strong functionality and depth in a lot of areas. I worry a little bit about where I'm located. In. I, I agree, Phil. Um, you know, obviously using that soda, that lemon lime or whatever it was, uh, as their part number, it, it implies that filling bottles is what they call manufacturing. Um, 
you know, and, and that's the thing about the manufacturing world is that when you say you're a manufacturer, that can be so many different types of companies, you know, and uh, for a filling of bottles and maybe putting the label on the bottle, I'm sure this will do fine. Uh, its real strength is always been for mining and obviously with DRP planning and things like that, it's, it's quite strong with wholesale and apparently for retail as well. And then the other one we mentioned, I think it's worth mentioning again, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a little hard to tell, you know, are, are they really putting the functionality in the cloud or is this still really tied to a legacy or an on-prem type of, of, of system, which for a lot of companies is not necessarily a negative, you know, but, it, but I, it's a criticism I have for a lot of these ERP companies and the way they market and the way they put information out is they don't distinguish where the functionality lives. They make it sound like it lives everywhere. And just another buyer beware, that is often not true. Even the big boys have functionality that they have yet to get into their cloud offering. I didn't see anything that defined it as being single tenant versus multi-tenant. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's single tenant, which would mean it's probably the same code, whether it's in the cloud or on premise. Yeah, so there, that's a good point. And then that also brings up the other point we raised is, you know, where's your data? You yeah, know, and, in Australia. You know, that that's you well, really that, better kick the tires. Good night, that was going to be my counterpoint, Phil, back to where you started in terms of, you know, where is this solution originate from and how far away are you, uh, you know, when when you need that support. So always be mindful of that, uh, regardless of where the tech lives. Yeah, but at least when you're going down there for training or support, you're going to get a shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> So we got that working for us, Andy. And the yeah. toilet goes backwards, too. Yeah, there you go. You're going to get in a boxing match, too? <laughs> with a, with a kangaroo. Yeah, that, that, would be, that would be a sight to see. <laughs> we want video of that, and we want to post it at our next webinar. All right, Sam, you better pull us back. Rumor's just not yeah, funny anymore. We have two, minute, two more minutes, guys. Uh, you know, keep Keep going. <laughs> well, well, I, I think that then let's hit, let's hit their SI model, uh, you know, so you got one choice for a system integration. You really got to make sure you, you, you know, pick up Andy's book and page one through page 10 tells you, make sure you talk to customers, yeah. make sure you kick the tires. It's not like you're, you, you, if that SI, if that SI doesn't work out, you're done. There's no, nothing you're... else to be done. And you know what? They've obviously been in business for quite a long time under different names and under probably different ownerships, but I, I've never known them to have a strong presence in North America. They do have a presence. All right. I think, I think that's all I got, Sam. Got the big finish ready? Okay. Amazing. Anything uh, else, uh, Dave or uh, Andy? I could tell a joke. No. <laughs> you already did. After the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So just to wrap uh, you know, if I could have just one personal takeaway from this conversation, this is what I want you guys to, to think when you are think, when you are sending and an, you know sending a SMS message or designing a technical app, whether you send a message in North America or whether you send in a remote corner of okay, it's probably going to be the similar model. It's, but when you are thinking of your pieces, it's a businesses, the taxes, the laws, the exactly. components, it's very different. Okay, so think about that. Don't think of ERP system as technical system. And if you are uh, evaluating your pronto, make sure that, you know, you have Australia as, and that is the only reason why you would, or evaluate them. Otherwise, 
there's no reason why you should be looking. On that note, I want to thank everybody uh, for their time. If you joined for the first time, this was part of our industry series. For me, every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, we pick one vendor or the solution that we need independently. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another solution. On that note, once again, thanks, everyone, for your time. That's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests, and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to the Chrysler.club. It's C-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. If you want to learn more about Andy Patico, head over to esoft.com. It's E-S-S-O-F-T dot com. If you want to learn more about Phil Kerper, head over to linglingbusinesssolutions.com. It's R-I-N-G-L-I-N-G-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Jason Greenwood, who discusses the nuances of the click and collect process and why you need centralized inventory and distribution strategy to enable this experience. Also, the interview with Jeannie Doherty, who discusses how strategic bookkeeping differs from tactical bookkeeping. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to get you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.